When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. podcast everybody i'm your host andrew ross joining me today is the president of the automotive industries association of canada jf champagne welcome jf welcome good morning andrew i think now as as jf and i are talking the canadian federal election is just barely in our rearview mirror they're actually still counting some votes but we really know what the trajectory is here another minority uh government for uh the uh, liberals uh and uh you know things are really about the same as what we went in but of course a lot of stuff changes so jf uh what's what's the job now for for uh, you know the automotive industry association of canada and and for the aftermarket at large in respect to uh, any uh moves on the government relations front sure and so you know um andrew the first step is always to say okay who's won who's returning who's not, and uh, you should know that many of the people very close to our files are in fact returning to parliament. Uh, there's, as of today, James Cumming, uh, the MP for Edmonton Centre, is still fighting to uh, get reelected. It's about 150 ballots, so we have to wait a few more days to find out if James is coming back or not to, to parliament. He was also a very strong supporter of the Your Car, You Did Out Your Choice campaign, had filed a petition on behalf of our industry uh, to the House of Common. So that's really what we need to do. You know, who's coming back that we know we could rely on and then really start to see what the agenda uh, for that uh, government uh, will be. Um, obviously, a focus on, um, you know, I think the, the liberal uh, agenda, uh, trying to reduce costs of living for uh, consumers. That was one of the top priorities for the public. That was part of uh, some of the findings of uh, surveys and trying to dial into those uh, messages and those goals of, of the government to make sure they understand that right to repair and the automotive industry uh, is an important contributor to those agenda. Um, it depends who's again going to be part of the cabinet. Uh, at, um, at the election, uh, Minister Champagne was uh, holding on to the important file of innovation, science, economic development. We'll see if Minister Champagne comes back or not. Uh, he was the recipient of all of these signatures that we sent on the online petition through change.org. And again, uh, either continue to educate Minister Champagne or have to maybe start fresh with a new minister uh, on the importance of her file. And so a lot of work going on. As you know, we transitioned from the Your Cardido campaign uh, at the call of the elections to uh, a different focus. We ask all our members to send letters to their candidates in those writings. And so um, we sent, I think, seven, 750 letters to those candidates, many of which responded, by the way. Okay. And so the next step also will be to ask you um, to send another letter, but this time to the person who was elected in your writing to, again, thank them, congratulate them uh, for being elected and remind them about the importance of right to repair. So many things are going to line up, but we're going to have to wait, uh, again, a few more days and let the... Uh, the heat cool off a bit from this election to, to your point uh, is pretty much a repeat of the one we had in 2019. Right now, 
notwithstanding the fact that you know we there had been progress made you know uh, as you had noted uh, a lot of those uh, initiatives of course fall fall by the wayside with the election fell by the wayside with the election um, uh, you know is it a question of starting all over again or or do you feel like it's a bit of a two steps forward only one step back or or do we not know yet I, I, know, I, I could so much relate to uh, the frustrations we sometimes hear from our members. Um, our members are entrepreneurs, people in a business. They like to work with some level of predictability. Um, well, so much for that in the pandemic, I guess. But in politics, um, you know, you're, uh, the shortest uh, travel between two points is really a straight line. And so you've got to adapt to the moving realities of politicians. And so, yeah, there's some frustrations. We might have done one step back and then two step forward. Um, so, no, this is not, you know, all work, you know, going out the uh, the back end and have to start fresh. To the, con to the, to the contrary, we're building on top of. Um, right to repair as an issue has rised uh, in the general population, uh, in the mind of politicians, in our own industry. We're part of that global movement around right to repair. This is great. And we have contributing a whole lot in Canada to elevate that conversation. We've educated an awful lot of politicians and the people in government to those new realities and they're, they're still there. And so we're just continuing on that conversation. So it was a pause, I guess. I'll call it a pause. You step sideways and then we're going to move forward, I guess. Right. So I mean, you touched on, uh, you know, a little bit of what the job is for uh, the association, a little bit of wait and see initially, uh, probably by the time folks are, are listening to this, we will really know who's in and who's out uh, with some of those really close races. Again, looking pretty much like the same landscape that we went into this election for, or leave comment and criticism of what that means for others, I guess. Uh, but, uh, you know, what is the job for folks out in the industry at large? You did touch on one uh, thing that, that they can do, which may sound like a little bit of replay of what they did during the campaign and sending letters, but how do they do that in, in, in a way that's going to be consistent with the messaging that we want to get out to uh, the folks who are actually going to be going to Ottawa? Yeah. People want, politicians, they, they want to hear from the people in their writing, uh, uh, running businesses, fixing cars. Um, there, there, it should never be uh, misunderstood that what you can do locally with your local politician goes a long way. Um, we're here, obviously, at the national level to push those agendas and provide, you know, uh, actual solutions and, and things the government can do. But there's nothing like that local engagement. And, and frankly, we got to do this because, as always in the aftermarket, it's a bit of David against Goliath. Um, automakers have a very strong lobby. Let me illustrate this uh, with just a recent email, I think it was yesterday or the day before, from our good friends at AutoCare uh, in the U.S., fighting really hard right now at the federal level with Congress to pass some form of legislations on right to repair that would include the automotive aftermarket. And, and they're ready to say, you know, we need you to talk to all of your congressmen uh, because uh, the reality is you've got, I think it's 250, I might have the number wrong, but 250 lobbyists representing the interest of automakers on the hill right now. It's the same situations we have in Canada. Uh, automotive industries is typically thought of, you know, people who make cars and sell cars and make parts that goes into making a car. And so we need to have this strong voice locally to all these politicians. Uh, and it's a continuous engagement. What does that mean? It means 
starting the petition on uh, your car, your data, uh, your tourist campaign. It meant talking to your customers, uh, your coworkers, your employers about it. And then in, in, during the election, it meant sent a letter to uh, all of your candidates and your writing. And now it's going to mean in the post-election, send letters to all of those people that were elected um, in the different writings to remind or congratulate them of being elected, but also remind them of the importance of, of right to repair uh, for this next government. Right. Now, is there a mechanism that will uh, facilitate that kind of communication with the, uh, I guess, the elected uh, members of parliament, uh, similar to what we had in the run-up to the election? Or? It's the same. Yeah, actually, the investment we made in the, uh, the systems that allows us to generate those letters. Uh, if you've sent a letter to your candidates, you know, which we're talking about, it was online on the AI website. It's the same tool. Uh, that tool can be repurposed. We're going to continue to use it. So where it was sending letters to candidates, uh, it'll simply be reconfigured, for lack of better words, to send letters to uh, elected officials now. Great, great. We'll make sure that we drop the link for that in the in the description for this episode. From talking with others uh, in other parts of the world about the importance of that grassroots movement, it really seems clear that, that that's that's really what makes the difference, right? It's it's not. I mean, you know, all this stuff goes on in Ottawa, but uh, you know, the 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 power or the strength of the automotive aftermarket is the thousands of of businesses and tens and hundreds of thousands of folks who actually work in the industry throughout the the country, uh, you know, talking to their elected officials and those who would want to be elected, right? A lot of people talk about Australia, you know, who passed a uh, right to repair legislation. Sometimes, you know, to, to be clear, Australia just gained, you know, access to those scan tools and repair information that we've had now uh, since right to repair 15 years ago. So they've just won the battle that we, we had to fight for uh, 15 years ago. Um, but they did it in the same fashion, uh, which is talk to all of their members, mobilize all of the, uh, they call it the workshop, I guess, the shops uh, across Australia, uh, raising the profile of that industry, explaining to politicians the difficulties, uh, and basically saying this is the increased cost to consumers as a result of these practices by automakers that makes it harder and more cost effective and it would go further, maybe uh, not as safe to perform repairs on people's vehicles. And we're in the same dynamic. Uh, again, when we've asked um, the, the people during the election, you know, what, what is your number one concern in raising costs to consumers rank number one? Right. Well, we know it that, you know, uh, lack of access, um, difficulties around, you know, accessing the right information uh, for repairing a car leads to longer repair, higher cost, and potentially maybe a repair that might not be exactly as safe for the consumer as it should be. And so those are the concern that politicians will respond to. And we're the people at ground level who could convey that, that message. So that's what is very important. Right, right. So, you know, that mechanism is going to be out there. Uh, you know, obviously those folks who are comfortable reaching out to their local MPs, uh, you know, even if you're not quite so comfortable, you know, give it a shot. Uh, I think you'll find that they're people too uh, and really want to talk to to uh, folks who are working and, and uh, building employment and uh, economic activity in their own ridings. A little bit farther down the road, uh, what can we expect to uh, be facing, uh, you know, on the both the right to repair front and other, are there other uh, government relations issues that 
maybe have been taking a back seat to this uh, right to repair and access to repair data information that we should be aware of? Well, um, the great debate continues, you know, is this voluntary agreement with automakers we're seeking? Is it legislation, regulations, right? That's the, the elephant in the room. Um, our position has always been that our observation of what happens in different places around the world, that voluntary agreements typically don't work as well as a regulatory or legislative framework. Um, and so this is why we supported C11 uh, and, and trying to push for regulations on access to vehicle data. When, we, when the, the election was called, uh, we tasked uh, Abacus Data, it's one of the pollsters that uh, did all of these polls during the election. And we said to Abacus Data, would you please also ask questions to Canadians about right to repair? So you would not be surprised to hear that 94%, I think I have the right number, 94% of Canadians says, I support right to repair for my car. I should be able to take my car to any repair shop to get it repaired. We then further ask, okay, would you think that it's legislation that would force automakers as a solution to ensure right to repair? 83% of Canadians, whether you, you voted conservative, NDP, or anything in between, um, you, in fact, are going to majority support legislative solutions for that. Right. right. And another message that's interesting uh, on that polling was um, another one that we need to talk about. Um, you know, politicians are also very concerned about the environment, uh, this green economy and accelerating the adoptions of zero emission vehicle. And as you know, all these zero emission vehicle are connected cars right. um, and really restrict our capacity to fix them. 75% of Canadian, 75% of Canadian have said, I'm less likely to buy a car that I know could only be serviced by a dealership. Right. And so if you in government really are focused on the green economy and the transitions to low carbon and zero emission vehicle, well, keep in mind that uh, having the type of access to information or lack thereof that we see from the likes of Tesla is going to be an impediment because ultimately consumer might choose not to buy these cars because they realize they cannot be serviced, you know, effectively by the aftermarket. So those all the messages that we're going to be pushing that are going to go towards uh, seeking a uh, legislative and regulatory framework around a right to repair. So I guess I answered the first half of your question uh, on other files on uh, labor. Um, you know, I often ask the I do the joke, you know, is anybody looking for employees? You know, are you looking for technicians? Well, knowing what the answer is. Uh, so that's something else we're working with government upskilling of the workforce. Uh, accelerating, you know, um, the number of people that are taking trades as a preferred path for their education, making sure automotive is is perceived by uh, people coming to Canada as well as the people going through school that automotive is a valid path and, and a great career. Uh, so all of these things are, are obviously important to us as an association and in industry, but we want to make sure we find government to be responsive to this and maybe identify programs where we may be able to get funding for members uh, to help accelerate um, the recruitment and retentions of employees. Sure. So, I mean, this is obviously a, a critical issue and ongoing, uh, and, and really both of them are uh, really marathons, uh, not sprints, right? I mean, that's kind of what I'm hearing. I mean, we've been certainly talking about right to repair for a long time. Uh, we're making progress. Uh, but but it's probably a job that's never exactly going to be done, right? That's why you need AIA Canada. 
um, you know, I've, I've heard from members sometimes, you know, what's the value in association? Uh, our own members don't have the capacity and the longevity in investing in making those representation in government. Uh, we need the help of the membership. We need to organize the membership, and that's what we do. But you need the associations to be there, strong, financially sound, to continue these long um, engagement. And uh, that's why we're saying to our members, we need your continued support and engagement. Renew your membership. Continue to support us with your sponsorship. Uh, that's what we use the money for. Um, it's invested in making sure that we are actively participating in talking to government and that we are that uh, uh, the voice of the industry in front of government. So that's 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 the role of AI. That's what we're here to do. Good stuff. Excellent. Well, thank you, JF. Uh, you know, I think we've we've got kind of a roadmap here uh, for the very near future for the for you know the the shops and the jobbers and everybody else out there in the industry. Stay engaged with your elected MPs. You might have to wait a few days uh, from when we're recording this to know who that might be. But regardless of who they are, uh, you know, the electorate. Uh, is all in support of right to repair. Uh, they are all in support of having full access to, uh, or most majority in support of having full access to vehicles. And it could be a barrier to the evolution of the uh, zero emission vehicle uh, uptake uh, if they are uh, not able to get those vehicles repaired in their communities where they would like. Again, JF, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Check out the links in the description for accessing the tool to reach out to your local MP. Thank you, everybody. Be safe, be strong, stay on it, stay engaged. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at IndieGarage.ca and JobberNation.ca. A brand of chat integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.